Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What is right about Singapore that is not to be found in the Philippines? Well, there is a regimen of planning. Which is totally lacking, and uh, there is political will uh, mm-hmm. in a, a single entity. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question people ask me often is, "Wala ba tayong political will sa Metro Manila?" The problem is there are 17 political wills in, Mani- in Metro Manila. <laughs> right. 18, including the mm-hmm. mayor of national government. Is it still possible to repair that uh, fragmentation into 17? Uh... Well, Metro Manila is huge, and uh, it's a problem that not even any meg- meg- megalopolis worldwide faces. So I tell people there are two chances which is war or pestilence. Conversations with Randy David explores the various aspects of culture, politics, religion, and everything else that makes us Filipino. Listen to part one of the conversation with guest Paolo Alcazaren, urban planner and landscape architect. I understand, Paolo, you have two degrees in architecture. I have a B- Bachelor of Science in Architecture and a Bachelor of Landscape Architecture. Both, both from, from the University of the Philippines. UB, yes. And then you have a Master's in Urban Design from yes. National University of Singapore. Of Singapore, yes. Is that the reason why you spent 12 years working in Singapore? I was already there when when I started the practice as a partnership with three other people in 82. Mm-hmm. In 89, we decided to expand overseas mm. uh, to compete regionally, and I set up an office in Singapore in 1989, mm. and I was head of the office there until uh, 2002. What exactly does a landscape architect do? There are four regulated professions in the Philippines related to design, interior mm. design, architecture, landscape architecture, and environmental planning. Interior designers design the spaces and the elements in the spaces. Uh, inside buildings, mm-hmm. the architects design the buildings, the buildings. themselves. Mm-hmm. We design every, all the spaces outside of the buildings or in between buildings. Public spaces is our thing. It was a very, very pleasant surprise for me to to know, uh, Paolo, that you designed quite a number of public spaces and parks in Singapore. Filipinos who go to Singapore are always mesmerized by the expansiveness no, of the place uh, because of the of the number of public spaces and park. No? Uh, and that is by design. Considering that it's actually a very small place. No? Yes, it's about the size of Metro Manila. What mm. is right about Singapore that is not to be found in the Philippines? Well, uh, there is a regimen of planning and uh, there is political will uh, mm-hmm. in a, a single entity. 
the question people ask me often is, wala ba tayong political will sa Metro Manila? The problem is, there are 17 political wills in, Manila, in Metro Manila. <laughs> right. 18, including the mm-hmm. layer of national government. Uh, so, you can't get anything done because the problems that besiege us is traffic, uh, flooding, crime. Yeah, but mega cities like Metro Manila are found all over Asia. But we are the last one uh, not to govern uh, the territory as an entity. MMD is toothless. Uh, Metro Manila has a population as large as any province, yet we don't have a governor. We mm-hmm. threw the, that baby out with the bathwater in So the, the, the Marcos experience with uh, Governor Imelda Marcos exactly. was a, a step in the right direction. Yes, except that, of course, it was her and not someone <laughs> uh, more capable. Her technocrats are actually quite uh, good. They actually set the last master plan for Metro Manila in uh, 75. Uh, and Manila has had uh, three or four major master plans in the last hundred years. Of course, mm-hmm. none of which were ever uh, fully fulfilled, mm-hmm. uh, starting with the Burnham Plan in, in 05. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was another one in the 1930s and mm-hmm. right before the war under Quezon when the expansion was towards Quezon City. So what happened eb- at every single step was that the population became uh, larger and larger. Mm-hmm. Is it still possible to repair that uh, fragmentation into 17? Uh... Well, Metro Manila is huge, and uh, it's a problem that not even any meg- megalopolis worldwide faces. So I tell people there are two chances, which is war or pestilence. This is the Philippines, December 26, 1941, the day after Christmas. Jap bombers are coming. They're coming in spite of the fact that Manila was declared an open city to spare it from destruction. This was Manila's punishment for flying the American flag. Or being you have American to start from city. scratch if you don't have the, the single political will. And uh, it's usually worse. And the last time we had that opportunity was in 45, mm-hmm. when most of uh, Manila Correct. was devastated. Yes. Yet when the, the National Urban Planning Commission set up by Osmania uh, started to uh, implement its vision, the problem was property rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, people did not want to coordinate with the planning agency. They just effectively didn't want to let go of their properties and so you could not have any urban renewal in mm-hmm. Manila. Everything became driven by uh, by goals of individual uh, agendas and mostly mm-hmm. uh, profit. Well, it was the, the beginning of the chaos, no? Because yeah. the deluge of informal settlers also began uh, shortly well, after the war, no? Provinces had no food. People went to Manila because that was the only source mm-hmm. uh, that came in through uh, reparations or from uh, donations. And so you had all of these informal uh, settlements. Mm-hmm. So we, we had uh, the same effect uh, when Manila was devastated during those two very close mm-hmm. uh, wars with the Spanish and the Americans. So the uh, uh, you find the pictures of uh, shanties at the turn of the century. Where uh, were these shanties uh, uh, to be found? Beside the rails, around Intramuros. Mm-hmm. So in, informal settlements are only a reflection of a lack of basic shelter. Mm-hmm. So unless government uh, fulfills its uh, duty of providing shelter, which is one of the basic yeah. uh, requirements, then you will always have informal so, but, settlers. But uh, Manuel Quezon, of, during the Commonwealth period, seemed to have the right idea uh, about Quezon City. No, being uh, the the common taos uh, home. So, 
we are in uh, fact within one of the first settlements that was planned, which is in the Kamuning area. Uh, so this was uh, effectively socialized housing. Mm-hmm. At the very small lot sizes of 600 square meters. Ito yung mga South Triangle, West Triangle. Th- these were the first uh, uh, housing for Including for the project? Um, well, the project's in the 50s, yes. yes. Uh, and that was also uh, originally meant for civil servants because Correct. the yeah. national government center was supposed to be in, in, uh, in Quezon City. City. The plan was to surround it with housing mm-hmm. for civil, civil servants, mostly. Mm-hmm. I was looking at some of the Forster uh, Arellano plans yes. uh, that were commissioned during the time of Quezon, I think. Yes. No? And they, they seem to be very, very rational. And uh, Quezon City was supposed to be a well-laid-out city. It was uh, writ large, larger than the original Burnham plan of Manila. Its only flaw was it, it assumed that car transport was the basis for moving people around. Towards the uh, late 30s, uh, the Tranvias, which was very efficient mm-hmm. in older Manila, was uh, augmented by uh, buses. Quezon City was supposed to have a bus uh, system. Mm-hmm. And eventually, it was a car-based planning. And most of the development was reachable by, by bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, when everything filled out and you had all the subdivisions, then you had the problem of being able to reach uh, your house or anywhere else mm-hmm. uh, in secondary or tertiary systems, which is what FXS and, and tricycles uh, provide. Mm-hmm. So our problem in Metro Manila is not traffic. Traffic is just a symptom Correct. of the lack of a comprehensive transport uh, mm-hmm. network, which is primary, secondary, and tertiary. Mm-hmm. The large capacity mass transport, the secondary, and then the third one. But the third one is actually something that you could replace by walking. If only our city is made for walking, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, one thing lacking in the, Philippines. Uh, the sidewalks disappeared. Yeah, oh. they, they disappeared because they've been uh, taken over by the commerce of man. So I remember the, the sidewalks in Avenida Rizal. Yes. They were very, very wide. But uh, they were also filled with vendors uh, who were playing uh, cat and mouse games with, yes. uh, with the police. No? That was uh, the 60s. Now, they, a lot of them became permanent. You, you can't believe it, Paolo. No? Uh, about a few weeks ago, I went to Raon looking for uh, a uh, battery charger and uh, alighted on uh, Quezon Boulevard. And uh, traverse that road, Raon, expecting to wind up in Avenida Rizal. I got lost. <laughs> uh, the, the entire place had been transformed dramatically. So crowded. Yes. Uh, well. uh, with Tianguez. Yeah, it's everywhere. And yet, Avenida Rizal was one of the most beautiful, uh, prettier than, I know. than any of our shopping malls. More interesting, yeah. definitely. More interesting. I know you, we can date back the, the origins of the, you know, of the shopping of the malls. malls, back to the OFW phenomenon of the 1970s. Oh, well, that's, well, that's what sustains the malls. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also because the malls now provide the only, place, only places that are safe. Mm-hmm. Have clean toilets where you and enter. Air conditioned, no? It has replaced the public sphere. Mm-hmm. But they're quasi public. They're mm-hmm. not real public. You cannot rally against the government mm-hmm. in these spaces. So you only behave in the way that's uh, good for the developers. And, mm-hmm. and that is get your licenses renewed, but then you go and eat in Jollibee. You're an advocate of 
of green uh, environments as well. Uh, yes, we have a movement now. Do you think that the private sector in particular, the owners of the shopping malls, can contribute something towards the realization of this ideal? Yes, definitely, uh, but they followed the, the law and the National Building Code, and there's nowhere in our in building codes except for subdivisions where private developers are supposed to provide open green space. Mm. It's a real gap in the way we uh, plan and uh, regulate our buildings and spaces. We have not built any large public park in the last half century. That's when we had the last plans for a national park system, which was mm. lost in the 1960s, like for uh, Quezon City, mm, it was, parks as well. uh, they had a landscape architect, an American guy named Louis Croft. So after the war, he headed the National Urban Planning Commission that Osmania had set ah, up. Before he uh, went home in 52, I believe, he had left uh, one person in charge, a, a Harvard graduate, Anselmo Alquinto. Filipino. Who, a Filipino, who was the head of the National Planning Commission when uh, all the planning was, was stopped down at central, central to Manila. Yeah. And his office oversaw the uh, plans for all of the post-war cities. A lot of the mm -hmm. rebuilding was under his office. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was a small office. He was uh, overwhelmed by the immensity of his uh, work. And no real powers. And we had some, but it was always contested. Mm. So the uh, local agendas overtook. Then eventually we had, in 91, the... Uh, decentralization of uh, powers to the LGU. It doesn't work for large metro areas like Manila where you have more than a dozen LGUs mm -hmm. with, comp with conflicting interests but sharing almost the same common space and common problems. Although when, whenever the average Filipino no, reflects upon our experience in the city, we always tend to identify problems like traffic, flooding, the ugly billboards. What would be the essential characteristics of a livable city? The first thing is the fact that you won't walk out and die. Safety is first. Okay. And, and that's why we're so stressed out. Filipinos are now, six out of ten live in, in towns or cities. All right. And that's the battle they have to go through every day. You mean being run over by vehicles, being mugged? Breathing the foul air. The foul air, yeah. Uh, eating very bad food mm -hmm. because uh, we cannot transport good food into our cities and towns. That's mm -hmm. the one thing that is not often mentioned in anything, in any, any studies, how we get food to the plate of Filipinos. And, of course, getting Filipinos from, from house to work, from house to school and back safely. The whole point of the National Building Code really is public safety. All right. Yet, there are so many things uh, that can happen to us. Uh, yeah, you, a billboard can fall on you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the height of a typhoon. <laughs> exactly. So livability is safety. Yeah. All right. Uh, livability is also access to uh, services. Okay. So um, government services or, or the institutions that are supposed to support Filipino life must be accessible, but they are not. Our public government offices, especially like in Metro Manila, are so dispersed. To run after a permit for something, you have to go to four or five places and spend mm. weeks mm. just mm. queuing up. A, a city is livable if, if you have affordable shelter. I started my planning studies here in the Philippines at the School of Urban and Regional Planning for a year before I went to finish it in Singapore. And my planning professor said the problem with low-cost housing is uh, low salaries. Uh, housing was not made affordable and still is not. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So we have to address uh, the perennial uh, five to six million house backlog. But the real estate developers are required to set aside a certain percentage. For socialized housing, but then it gets to be houses that will fall apart very mm, quickly in in uh, holding areas that are far removed for any place that is uh, practical for people to live in them. That's a loophole in, in the law. Fly over any place in the Philippines, once you get into the rural areas, you will see all of these housing developments where there's no one. A better interpretation and implementation of the law is that they be on-site. Ultimately, the provision of low-cost housing is principally the responsibility of government agencies. Yes, it's the government. The solution is to go generally medium, medium-rise, medium uh, high-density housing mm-hmm. in compact clusters. As in Singapore. Although they went a little higher Yes. And uh, and in housing estates that are connected to public transit. Uh, we have been trying to address this sectorally. Mm-hmm. So just provision of houses or provision of financing for these houses, but mm-hmm. not in relation to uh, comprehensive land use planning, mm-hmm. which is also supposed to be connected to comprehensive transport planning. The best transport systems comes only after an understanding of land use. The uses that generate the traffic are the ones that are supposed to tell you where your transit systems are, car-based, mass transit rail, uh, walking. Do we have a law on, on, on land use, Indiba? We're trying to get the law uh, passed. The opposition is, of course, uh, from from uh, government officials that represent interests of private property. Uh, we can't really do any planning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the whole point. You plan before the population exceeds uh, the cities we already have. So we are living in towns and cities that were planned 150 30 years ago, but our population is so fast. Mm-hmm. We're constantly catching up instead of planning for the future need. Okay, we've mentioned three, no? Safety, access to public services, shelter. and shelter. Um, then, uh, uh, then you do have to have, uh, for livability, uh, public space. Parks, plazas, and public open green spaces oh are necessary mm. because, especially in dense urban uh, centers, you have no more space to to breathe. Mm. No, you have no more space to socialize in. Uh, you have no more space to uh, hold all the events that used to uh, bring us uh, as Filipinos together. Except for Luneta. Uh, yeah, Luneta is 58 hectares and it's going to be cut back down into 30 hectares because the National Museum is going to get one-third of it. Luneta uh, is supposed to support 12 million. If you go to Singapore, your, your gardens by the bay plus all of these other areas, they're close to about 200 hectares for a wow. population of 5 million. So the proportions are not right. Mm. Now, uh, public parks and open spaces, aside from uh, the, the social need for places of interaction, it's more important now in, in the light of climate change and disasters. These are lungs, no? Our lungs, they filter <laughs> the air. They're mm-hmm. also places of refuge. So mm-hmm. for CCA, climate change adaptation, and for DDR, uh, disaster risk uh, mitigation mm-hmm. and management, mm-hmm. they are essential spaces because there is no place to run to. If there's an earthquake, as what happened uh, in, in Metro Manila a few months ago, everyone went down. People found out no, there was no place to go. Yeah. If it were a real earthquake, mm-hmm. you have to escape the falling glass and debris from exactly. the tall buildings. Where, where would you run, huh? 
Mm-hmm. So what we lack is a balance of open space to built up areas, mm-hmm. which should be embedded in a law. Hindi ba owners of buildings are supposed to set aside? Yes, but no? the, uh, the setbacks in our national setbacks, building yeah. code are based on uh, low density uh, uh, situations uh, 50 years ago when, mm-hmm. when uh, 12 stories was considered a skyscraper. Now you have 50 story buildings in uh, districts of our city you have millions instead of uh, the thousands of people. So we have not scaled up our laws to provide for all of this public open space. So we have to retrofit mm-hmm. all of our cities and towns. Is it still possible to do that? It too? is. One may have to reconsolidate, get additional land. But this will be very expensive land already, no? Well, here in, in like in Quezon City, it's mostly government-owned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the recourse is to die. <laughs> and that's what I keep telling mm. people. These are your options. Either you find uh, a balance between uh, mm-hmm. open space and built-up environment or you will die. Mm-hmm. And that's real. If the big one knock on wood comes, the scenario is very bleak because uh, even though Manila has been divided into quadrants, some of the quadrants you have to walk literally 10 kilometers to get to an open space. For Quezon City, the only open space I can imagine is UP. And then the other thing about CCADRRM is that you have to now also retrofit this these public parks and open spaces to accept the refugees. The lessons we learned from from Correct. Tacloban advice to to government was to already allocate the, these open spaces and to provide the facilities you will need because it will happen again. I hate to think about this, Paolo, no? but if the big event happens, the earthquake, I can't imagine what will happen to Metro Manila. Not only will those tall buildings possibly collapse, but the entire city will be trapped in debris. Yes. Nothing will move. Our transport systems will, will shut down. You have to look at the scenario where you're contained in districts. Now, modern buildings may last the strong earthquakes because they are engineered to sway with yeah. the forces. Mm-hmm. The studies have shown that the older buildings, the pre-70s buildings between 5 to 15 stories are the ones more susceptible. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our problems will come from these buildings be- being built without oversight from the building officials because of corruption. These are the ones that will collapse or have fires. The tall buildings, the danger is from debris falling. The billboards definitely could cause a lot of deaths. Conversations with Randy David would not have been possible without the help of Puma Podcast, music composed by LM Cancho. You may reach us via email at rsd.podcast at gmail.com. You may also follow us on Facebook at Conversations with Randy David and on Twitter at Prof. Randy David. This is Cara David, hoping that you can listen to part two of this conversation on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, or other major platforms. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.